0: Supercoach Guns and Supercoach Guns and Hello ladies and gents, it's another solo podcast because Nathan and I missed each other the other day. I recorded a solo and he's been lovely enough to record a solo of his own covering all the topics that I covered in mine, some of the late breaking news. So it's a special treat for you guys midweek. Um, we'll be back again for our usual weekly podcast where we're hopefully both back together, but this is a special one just from Nathan. So I'm going to pass you over to him. Hello. And welcome back to, uh, episode five of Supercoach guns and Adrianosaurus minus Adrianosaurus this time. Um, i'm just hopping on because there's been a little bit of breaking news and i'm going to answer i'm going to go through the same things um that went through on his pod last time okay so before we get started again follow adrianosaurus on all formats uh you know instagram twitter facebook um yeah wherever wherever you can find him essentially following him. and then obviously find me on um Instagram at supercoach.bbl.guns. Uh, for NRL content you go nrl.supercoach.guns. Um Twitter at Supercoach Guns. I don't really use Facebook, but it's Supercoach Guns. I'm probably not even gonna look at it, so I wouldn't bother. Um, now, let's get out the first bit of breaking news. Glenn Maxwell's out for the season. Broken leg. He's almost certain to miss the entire tournament. So, what does that mean for the Stars lineup? It means that I think Brody Couch will come into this team and at 105,000, he'll be bowling the death overs. He'll bowl a lot of them. I think there are worse picks than Brody Couch if you want a cheap double player. But at that price, I'd rather go with Nathan Coulter Nile, who's banning seven. Okay? Um, he was banning eight. And then with all this happened, I thought, well, they kind of need Maxwell's bowling a bit. So let's put a bowler in there. And, well, Trent Bolt can probably bat at eight in T20s. He's a up. He's that probably works fine. Um, and Coulton Isle is very much passable at seven. Very much a T20 number seven. Uh what this says to me is that Joe Clark and Marcus Stornis are crucial to the start success. And this entire team will revolve around Marcus Stornis now. I think you'll see Stornis bowl close to four overs each game and open the batting. It will, it will be the Marcus Stornis show. Um, I'm not saying he's a captaincy option, but I'm that confident that he'll be bowling and batting and doing everything that he's probably third. It's probably rashi khan one daniel sams two marcus Stoinis three now like this dude will be so involved it will be incredible uh joe clark fundamental to the star success at the top uh in the middle order joe burns is batting three that is something to behold for super coach because he's 62 and a half thousand dollars so that makes him such an easy pick on your bench like the two openers are going to go hard, right? They're going to go right out of the block. They're not. They're going to go full throttle. Okay, so oh, I think you've got a great opportunity in Joe Burns here. Um, any batter in the top three, regardless of whether you rate Burns or not, any batter in the top three worth sixty-two and a half thousand dollars should be picked on your bench in Supercoach. He will make money. He will. At worst, get to ninety thousand dollars. At best, get up to 130, 140. You know, all it takes at that price is one score, and he shoots. He probably doubles in value. Like one big score, a seventy or eighty not out. If he can manage to do that somehow, that's all it'll take. It will not take very much. One innings. He will only probably for no more than five rounds as well. It's he's a great pick. Uh, it doesn't help that he has to buy a second round, but who cares, he's got a double round one and he's worth 62.5. And and he's a certainty to play in this stars 11. Um, So yeah, that's where you get benefits from. Uh, You could argue that Hilton Cartwright might pick up some of the overs. I don't think so. I think you're just looking at uh, Marcus Stornis, and if it's a particularly spinny deck, Bo Webster might play a bit of a role, but not enough to consider him super coach relevant. You're looking at Marcus Stoinis as that dude in his team now. All right, He's, the team revolves around him, man. It, yeah, okay. Um, what's our next topic of discussion? Yes, of course. Uh, David Willis out of the Big Bash. He has quit on the Sydney Thunder. Now that is, before we even get into what impacts the Super Coach, it is bogus that they can do this. A player should enter the draft and should be contractually obliged to play and they can't get out of it. Now, it's just stupid that they can. It's just stupid. If you don't think you can, you don't stuff them over. Don't stuff them over. Right? I don't like this one bit, really. Um, Anyway. Yeah, so... What this means is that Sam's will have the complete all rounder role. He'll be batting six, possibly five, depending on match situation. He and he'll be bong four. He'll be he's the best bowler and their best middle order batsman. So, uh oh, not best middle order batsman. That's Jason Sanger, but he's their best hitter and their best bowler. Right? It's perfect. It's the perfect role, really. Um, tell you what. It does impact uh, Matthew Jukes positively. And here's why. They almost have to play Matthew Jukes now as the keeper and the batsman. So there's not there's no Baxter Holt anymore. Like I was pretty certain Baxter Holt was gonna play. I was the only one who was certain that Baxter Holt was gonna play. He certainly won't play now because currently, as it stands, cutting is their fifth bowler. That just will not do. It just will not do. Alright. So this overseas player is going to have to be someone who can bowl. Can they bat? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But it's going to have to be a bowler, and it can be an all-rounder. I think it, should, it would help if it was an all-rounder. If it if it's a good all-rounder, it's going to kill Daniel Samms a little bit. Um, look, these are the three people that I think could replace um, David Willey. Uh, number one, I have... And this is the best, from best to worst, right? Number one, I have Sam Curran. He's just got MVP in the World Cup, right? The Duke can bat at six, and he will bat at six if he's picked in his team. He'll bat at six. He'll bowl his four overs. Um, he'll be by far their best hitter, the Thunder's best hitter, and the Thunder's best bowler. He'll put Daniel Sands back a peg or two. He'll be. He won't be the out and out keeper, that he. Is right now, um, but he will be playing. He'll be in this team somewhere, and uh, yeah, there is a great opportunity for Sam Curran to show his exploits in the beer Bash. And if he's if he's if he gets picked up by the Thunder, like there's no two ways about it, he should be your captain round one because it is Daniel Sams is a poor man, Sam Curran. And look what Daniel Sams does in Super Supercoach. Okay, I'm not overstating it. This dude is such a better Supercoach prospect than, than Daniel Sams. And Daniel Sams is a stud, a stud, absolute stud. All right, so keep that in mind that it depends on who is signed there but Daniel Sam's super coach relevance is very shaky right now. Go very volatile, it can go in any direction. Uh, number two, Tom Curran. I think Daniel Sams would keep his premier role if Tom Curran signed. But I also think that uh, Tom Curran would bat seven. Alright. Uh Curran's as good of a bat as Sam's. And as good of a bowler, Sam's. And uh, I think the fact that Daniel Sam's plays a lot for the Thunder and just you know he's there, he's their man right now. He's always he's been their man the last couple of years. I think that plays into Sam's hands batting at six. Um. Yeah, either way, you probably pick both because Tom Curran wouldn't be incredibly expensive because he's missed a couple of seasons of Big Bash. They'll price him at probably Daniel, David Willey's price at 150. And I think you pick him, that's for sure. Because he'll get junk time because of the death, like there's no tomorrow, as will Daniel Sams. So, um, yeah, see, Tom Curran's probably a better death bowler than Daniel Sams, but Daniel Sams is probably a better new ball bowler than Tom Curran. That's why I think it evens out a little bit. Um... And the third option, which I think is the best option for Super Coach and Daniel Sams, but probably the worst option for the Thunder, is Sheldon Cottrell. Uh, great bowler, he will do a fantastic job for the Thunder. He just adds no batting, which is which is which is a blow because you're looking at cutting at seven, uh, McAndrew eight, Green nine, Dogger ten, and Cottrell eleven. Right. Well, whereas if you pick um good old one of the currents cuttings at eight, McAndrews like at nine, greens at ten Doggett's at eleven. So it picking an all-rounder does add to their banning lineup and probably doesn't take much away. But in saying that, you take what you can get and to say that Sheldon Cocktail's your third best option is remarkable. Like the dude is really good, high quality bowler. He suits Australian conditions to a T. Because he's a fast, pacey bowler who will thrive with that new ball, um, I would say he's going to be one twenty-five thousand. If he gets put in the game and he was, if he was to sign, he might be all over him at that price. Um, but yeah, Daniel Sams, his super coach stocks are going to be very volatile for the next little while until we know who this replacement is. I've got my theories, you'll have your theories. You don't really know who it will be yet. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you two names that I'm shaking on going into uh, the last month of the preseason. One, Daniel Sands. I don't know what his role is going to be. It could be really good. It could be really bad. We just do not know how this will pan out. All right? If I was to hazard a guess, I'm going to say his stocks regress a little bit. With David Willey there, I was sort of like, well, they could probably both thrive. And that's what it'd be like if Tom Curran signed. They can both thrive. If Sam Curran signs, I think Daniel Sams definitely regresses. And this off- this um, bowling attack and this, this team revolves around Sam Curran. If Sheldon Cultural signs, I think the team revolves even more around Daniel Sand and you see him reach a 70 average or something ridiculous because that's what he's capable of doing. His ceiling is abnormal to what the rest of Supercoach has. Uh, The other player I'm getting a little bit shaky on, I won't lie to you, I'm a little bit shaky on good old uh, Riley Rousseau. He didn't show much form outside of that 100 this World Cup. You know, I would love to see him show a little bit more. Just a little bit. Now, of course, I don't want to overstate this. He's a very classy batsman, and he has been in exceptional form this year. I know he's going to be hit and miss, however. He's going to be... He's going to be... Uh, what's the term? Rocks and diamonds. There you go. Rocks and diamonds. He's going to be all out, nothing, zero hero, you know. And that's why I'm a little bit shaky on him. Of course, I will pick him because he has two doubles in the first two rounds. But, it should be known that I'm not convinced that this is the dude I definitively want in my team. Long term, I don't think it is the guy I definitively want in my team long term. Um, yeah. Now, I think we should talk about replacements for these two players, for David Willie and Glenn Maxwell in your own sides. Okay. Um, if we're looking at, I'm going to classify these guys into double game players and non-double game players. Okay. Um, here we go. David Willey, we're going to replace him from a double game, which, let's remind ourselves, is Adelaide, the Sydney Thunder, and the Melbourne Stars. Who would I replace him with from there? Okay. Seeing as though he's a bat bowl, let's look at both of these options. I would... You have the option of replacing him with... uh, you know, Alex Hales or Colin Grandhome, Joe Clark, um, all these guys, even uh, in the bowling side of things, you know, you could replace him with uh, Trent Bolt, um, Cameron Boyce, if you're confident. Uh, there's, if you wanted a Megapod, Brendan Dog. it's a great one um in terms of non-double game players there's only one guy i'd replace him with and that's shadow khan let's just you know let's take a seat back and just remember this dude has blitzed at this world cup he has done some outrageous things sorry so he would be my favorite option outside of the double game players Um, To replace Maxwell, I think those guys I've just said again, they're great options. Again, uh, if you don't own Matthew Short, I think now's the time to bring him in. Um, And if you own all these guys, I think I would strengthen my bench. Try and get a scorcher on there. Try and get Joe Richardson onto your bench, because I think that's a massive win if you can somehow manage to pull that off. Um... Here we go, my top three players, across multiple price points. Now, Addo sent me the information on how to do this, so let's see what, how he did this. As you can tell, I didn't really plan this out. Um, there we go. So, I'm into our top three in the 42,000 price range. Okay, so we'll start out from price, here we go. Sorry, as you can tell, this is a very much a reactionary podcast. So zero planning goes into it. Okay, so sort by highest, lowest price, what we're looking for here. All right, top three in that 42,000 range. All right, this is gonna be easy. Um, number one. Cooper Connolly. I think he's going to be a great loop option. He might get some games in the latter half of this year but he's going to do you a job early on. Uh, number two, R- Ruantha Kelapatha. Um, he has been tearing up in grey cricket. He's starting to get some opportunities on the bigger stages here. Um, and he looks the goods from what I've seen of him. He's an all-rounder. Really, I'd ban. He'd be banning it at six or seven for the Renegades. Um, and he bowled a few overs. And number three from the Renegades is also Corey Roccioli. So with a bit of an Italian accent, um, the dude is a very talented left-arm orthodox spinner who hit fifty off twenty-seven in a she- Sheffield Shield match. Uh, so he can he can hit the ball. He's a hitter. Uh, you can bolt some tidy left arm off spin. So, what does that mean? Well, I think if any 42,000 player gets named, you pick them, always. So, that's just a rule of thumb. If there's a 42,000 player named, you pick them. All right, now, in the 62, 500 to $80,000 range, um, Undisputedly, number one is Joe Burns for me. Uh, batting at three, with all this talent left out of this team, with Glenn Maxwell injured, um, you know, all their internationals barring Joe Clark being bowlers. Um, Joe Burns batting at three is just a absolute blessing. So, yeah that opportunity doesn't come around very often for someone. So I think, yeah, Joe Burns, number one. Uh, Number two is Billy Stanlake for me. And you might ask why. Well, Billy Stanlake, he's averaged between 40 and 60, the majority, or between 35 and 60 for all of his big bash career. He, barring, I think, one really, really bog average season right? He's a really fast bowler. I feel like he's gonna have to prove a point this season. He's only 70,000. Or it will take us a couple of... He's a wicket taker as well. That lends itself to super coach. He's not one of these death bowlers who just tries to go at only eight and over at death, which is a great talent still but just doesn't work for Supercoach. Um, and so yeah, well, I think Billy is a great option at that price, particularly with such a strong job security with Fahim Ashraf out for the first four rounds, you know, and no Scott Boland early on. He's not even signed on yet, so that tells you all you need to know. And number three is a bit of a deep sleeper, but Henry Hunt. There's every chance he cracks into this top three. The strikers. I haven't got him in there right now, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. Uh, in terms of later in the season, I think Cameron Green's going to be a stud. Oh, far out! No, Henry Hunt's not number three. Marcus Harris is. Um, I just think Harris should be opening for sure. I think he'd be—he's the bright guy to open up with. He's got a solid average in Super Coach in the past, I believe. Uh, from my recollection. He's averaged forty in a few of his se- in quite a few of his seasons, and then as he's been in and out of the test squad, he hasn't been able to change formats as easily. Uh, the only blow is that he's in the test squad again, and so that's why he's fallen to three. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had him at probably one. Um. So there is that. I I'm happy with Marcus Harris if he's named. Might pick him comfortably so yeah okay now it's between 80 and a hundred thousand this is a
1: this is a very
0: loaded area so some good names are gonna miss out all right number one i think it has to be this dude i think it's got to be marcus stornis has to be marcus stornis at this price like eighty-three thousand for a guy who averaged 97 a mere three years ago. And that was the last time he bowled regularly in Big Bash cricket. And that's what we're looking at right here. The dude's a superstar. There's no Glenn Maxwell. It's his team. He's probably captain. He's probably running the show. Bowling himself more than he could. More than he should even. Opening the batting. He's doing it all now. Right, let's just not underestimate what we have here. We have a bona fide stud. You have a guy who could be opening and bowling four overs, some of which will be at the death. This is everything about supercoach you need. So if you're fading him, go see a doctor. <laughs> like If he gets injured and only batting, then yeah, he might be a fade. Or he won't be anywhere near the value that he should be at. Yeah, he'll be worth 110 120 and nothing more. But as an opener, who will be bowling close to four every game. There's just no question that he's, the, he's that dude now. He's him, essentially. Uh, number two, Josh Inglis, that's an easy one as well. Um, 87,000, uh, he's gonna be batting, probably opening, Let's just not beat around the bush. It's probably their opening batsman. Uh, he's a keeper, he's 87,000. Um, the dude's averaged close to 60 a few times in the past. I see no reason why he won't rebound well this year. Um, And number three, well, look, this is a tough one. But I'm going to give it to Matthew Jilks over Joel Paris, just because he plays four times in the first two rounds. I think that's going to be vitally important. Uh, And number five would have been James Vince, but you're not doing top five. Matthew Jilks, great option. Opening batsman, definitely their keeper. He has to be in their side now. Um, Yeah, I think it's just it just feels like the right guy to bring in to to, as your keeper. Like there's no job security issues really. It's just about pure performance, and he batted well last season. He got that magnificent ninety odd. He's shown he can do it. Um, I think he's just returned from injury, so he's fully fit yeah, he just seems like a logical selection now. All right, from 100 to 120,000. Okay. Um, The number one between 100 and 120. Well, that's easy for me. It's got to be Riley Rousseau, particularly with that four games in the first two rounds. I think Riley Rousseau is my number one. Um, again, stellar form. Yes, he's very inconsistent, but all batsmen are in his defense. So, not too disappoint, not too worried. You know, Uh, number two is Michael Nessa. I think the dude's about to have a massive breakout big bash. He's never been a big bash superstar. He's been a solid contributor, forty to forty-five average. No, I think he reaches fifty-five average this year, and he's amongst the top wicket takers. It's his time, man. It's his time. He's got the opportunity, the role, the full free summer. It's his turn. It's just his turn. Um, then I've got at number three, and this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Nathan Coulter-Nile just because of that double. If it wasn't, I would have gone with Wajiba Rahman. Uh, Coulton. I'll be batting at seven, bowling close to his four overs, or three or four overs, probably four. Um, he will be managed, which is why I say three. But he does play the double, which is why you know I. Yeah. Uh, but the role's good. Um, he's a good player. He takes a lot of junk time wickets. He often has a couple of good cameos in him every now and again. So I I like him as an option. He. Uh, between one hundred and twenty and one hundred and forty, this is where things get really interesting. All right, because there's a lot of good options between one hundred and twenty and one hundred and forty. But as I look at it, it's obvious. Number one is Shadow Khan. I I could say that with my eyes closed, because he's basically a double game player every week. He's a he's a top he's a middle order batsman, and a lead spinner. All right. Anyway. Uh yeah, he's a great option. I think you're gonna see him really perform at a high quality, great average. Yeah, Colin de Granholm is number two. Uh again, exact same deal. Copy and paste, he's pretty much dead Christian. Uh he'll play a large role, a prominent role for them, for the strikers. I don't see any reason not to pick him. And uh, number three, Alex Hales. You know, opening batsman, plays four times in the first two rounds. This just feels like an easy selection for me. And, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there. I catch you all next time. Uh, Thank you for listening. And I believe there will be another podcast out uh, Friday or Saturday. With me and Ad- Adriana Sauros, of course. Catch you later. Take. Oh. It's oh, oh goodness. Goodness. Wow. Chris Lynn has taken the wild thing and oh, sent it. him possibly out of the roof. Look at the look on his face. He's just well, that's what I do. It was at 148. And I was now on the off speedometer My days. Even the wild thing's going well. I can't do much about that.